Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Almost here, round the corner, future technology. And I'm here with Mark Norfolk, uh, President and CEO of Fabrisonic. Um, they work in the 3D printing world. And Mark's going to go into uh, more detail on what they do. It's very interesting, very unique. How you doing, Mark? Very well. How about yourself? Good. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right. Um, so if you would, can you give listeners um, a rundown of what Fabrisonic does You know, for the layperson? Sure. So the the concept of 3D printing is that we will take a a three-dimensional object, like, say, a loaf of bread, um, and we'll cut it into slices, kind of like a loaf of bread, and then we'll print uh, one slice at a time to build up the entire loaf of bread. Um, In our case, we're doing this with metal, not bread. Uh, So we take a CAD file that that, uh, a company will send to us. We'll, We'll play with it in our computer, slice it up into very thin layers of metal, and we'll print each layer, one on top of the, uh, the other, one at a time, to make a three-dimensional shape. Um, kind of the unique... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, gotcha. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the, the unique aspect of our technology is how we weld the metal layers together. Um, normally, if you weld metal together, you're going to elevate its temperature, melt it into a liquid, and then re-solidify it. Um, our process is what's to refer to as solid state. That means there's no melting involved. And we're actually using sound waves uh, to, to bond the two pieces of metal together. Um, this is a, a fairly unique process, and it allows us to, to do some fun things. So you're focused on metals in 3D printing. Um, I thought a common process was, I think, sintering, like mm-hmm. uh, fusing powdered metal. But w- can you describe more how your process is different? Yeah. Um, so centering is, is somewhat as I described. Um, in centering, you're going to take powders typically at elevated temperature and elevated pressure um, and, and squeeze them together um, typically with some melting uh, to get a three-dimensional shape or to get a solid metal part. With our technology, we're using thin metal foils. So on the order of about the thickness of your hair, we have incoming foils. And we ultrasonically weld those one to another. The idea of welding with sound is not new. It's been around since the 1960s. Um, in fact, every, uh, every cell phone that you have out there in the world um, has numerous ultrasonic welds uh, for welding dissimilar wires together. What we've done is we've taken this 1960s technology and scaled it way up to the point that we can print a, a one-inch swath uh, at, a, at a time. Um, how... How ultrasonic welding works is is really pretty basic. Um, Metals like to stick to other metals. Um, But down here on Earth, we have this pesky oxide problem. Every piece of metal that you have out in an open environment uh, absorbs oxygen, and that creates an oxide layer on the surface of the material. So if you take two pieces of metal and push them together here on Earth, you're actually pressing oxide on oxide. Um, What we're doing with our ultrasonics is we're, we're actually scrubbing that. We're using the sound to scrub off the oxide layer, 
um, which briefly exposes virgin metal. When you push okay. virgin metal onto virgin metal, you get a solid state bond. So oxide essentially for the ray per, uh, for the layperson is rust in a way. Exactly. It's, it's a type of rust. How does the sound get the oxide layer off? Does it uh, break its chemical bond? or I mean, can you describe like how it does it? It's kind of yeah. strange. Yeah, typically when we're, we're applying ultrasound, we're pushing down on the metal foil, and then we're scrubbing kind of left to right on, on the ultra. We're using the ultrasonic energy to scrub left to right. Um, that scrubbing motion is on the order of about 30 microns. So that's, that's um, about the, a little smaller than the width of your hair. We're vibrating left to right. Um, most metal oxides or, or rusts are, are very brittle. So if you scrub on it with just a little bit of pressure, it breaks up into dust, and we kind of scrub that dust out of the way, um, and then we have uh, kind of metal-on-metal -metal contact. Okay. <clears throat> what kind of metals? Um, it seems like that's the big excitement of 3D printing is, is printing with metals. What are the most popular ones that you use, and what kind of applications are they uh, most used in? Sure. Um, with our process, we're doing a, a lot of work in the aerospace field. That's where uh, a lot of our origins come from. Um, and in aerospace, you, you have, uh, of course, aluminums. That's our, our number one metal uh, of use. Um, we do uh, all kinds of different grades of aluminums. There's, there's 2,000 series, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000. These are all different types of aerospace aluminum. Um, but our process can actually weld pretty much any metal. Uh, we've done work. Um, for, for the government welding europium. Uh, most people have never heard of that. It's a, it's a fairly rare material, um, but it's really good at uh, regulating nuclear reactions. So we've, we've done some fun things there. Uh, just today we were working in copper. Um, yesterday we were working in uh, stainless steel and titanium. Um, and earlier this week we were working with a, a nickel alloy, it's a, a super alloy called a manel. Uh, so pretty much if it's metallic, we can probably work with it. Okay. And again, what kind of products are you making? What industries are, are most excited about what you do and, and taking on your product? Yeah, the, the unique thing about 3D printing is it really gives you a, a certain design freedom that you can't get with traditional manufacturing processes. All of the products that we are making um, are, are typically impossible to make with traditional machining, welding, um, traditional operations you would see um, in a manufacturing plant. The three big things that we can do with our technology are, are number one, we can weld dissimilar metals. Um, so we can combine, say, aluminum and titanium together in the same part. If you were to uh, take aluminum and tie and you melt them, when you really solidify it, you get something called an intermetallic. It's basically a glass. Um, so it's very brittle and not, not useful from an engineering perspective. Um, we do a lot of work with combining dissimilar metals to make a new material. One example of that uh, would be an armor product that we have produced for the U.S. Army. Uh, we've combined three different metal alloys together in a gradient. That is, there's more of material A at one end and more of material B at the other end um, to make a, a very nice armor product. So we're mixing two different metals to get a material that, that just doesn't exist on Earth without this combination. So that's, that's one area we work in. A okay. second... A second area we work in is uh, what I would call embedded electronics. With our process, um, because we're using sound, the max temperature you see in our, weld, our quote unquote welding process um, 
is about 150 to 200 degrees F. So the lowest temperature on your oven at home, that's the max temperature we ever see. Because it's so low temperature, we can take things like an electronic circuit, an electronic sensor, um, some sort of fiber optic, and put that inside of our metal part and then continue to build right over top of it, thus making solid metal parts that have embedded electronics and embedded functionality um, kind of 3D printed in, into, the, into the part. Uh, the, the last okay. thing, the last activity that we get into is, is printing complex internal shapes. Um, because we're printing one layer at a time, at any point during the build, we can stop, bring in a CNC mill, and make a very complex network of internal channels. Uh, the, the number one application for this is really uh, heat exchangers, especially in the aerospace field, uh, where we make very complicated internal shapes that you just can't make with traditional manufacturing. A lot of times these heat exchangers go a little further where we use multiple metals, so we'll have aluminum and copper in the same part, and we'll also embed in sensors such as temperature sensors or, temp or uh, fluid gates um, into the solid metal part. So we make some very complicated high-end uh, uh, radiators, if you will. Yeah, because of the um, the complexity that's available with 3D printing, are you making a lot more efficient heat exchangers because of it? Yeah. Um, to give one example, I can't give company names, but we were working on an aerospace heat exchanger, um, and uh, we basically took a current design, fit it for our process, um, and we were able to make a, a heat exchanger that had the exact same thermal performance at half the weight. Oh, wow. Uh, for the aerospace guys, weight is everything. Yeah, because they have to get a payload up into space, too, or up into the air. Exactly. Huh. <clears throat> um, do you feel like with, you know, like with the space program, uh, the things that you're developing will be, will come back into the regular consumer world, you know, such as lighter heat exchangers, maybe for computers, electronics, you know, for regular, uh, you know, mobile phones, other applications like that? Yeah, I think over time, uh, you know, as, as with all new technologies, you know, the, the racing world or the aerospace world or the defense world, uh, where they can really pay per performance, they're really where the technologies, you know, take root and start to grow. Um, but as we develop these technologies, certainly, you know, things are going to evolve where prices are going to come down. Um, and it's going to make sense to put, you know, 3D printed car uh, parts in things like cars um, or off-road uh, off road vehicles. Um, so right. I, I think that's coming. It'll just take time. So how did you get into this business? Uh, what, what's your background? Sure. Um, so I have a, a degree in metallurgy. That's kind of where I started, the Ohio State University. Um, after school, I, I spent 10 years at a, at a little company you might have heard of called John Deere. Uh, they make tractors and farm implements. Um, after that, uh, I, I came to a company called EWI. EWI is a, a nonprofit research center. So their sole reason for existing is to develop new manufacturing technologies um, to, to help, help America compete in the manufacturing world. Um, EWI is about 200 people, um, pretty much all engineers, advanced degrees, uh, working to develop, you know, the next manufacturing technologies. Um, and one of the first uh, projects I got involved with uh, at EWI was working on this 3D printing technology. Um, and that was uh, probably around 2007. Okay. 
so I don't know if you get a lot of hype in what you do, but what's you you talked about what's realistic right now, what's happening. What do you think is going to happen in the next year and maybe the next five or ten years? What's possible and what's fantasy in the yeah, type of three D printing you do? Um, it, everyone has probably heard of three D printing. Um, it's it's been all the rage in the news as well as in the uh, you know financial districts. Everyone's scouring to to get a piece of the three D printing world. Um, I think really uh, you know there has been some overhype. Um, and one of the things we work with our customers on is to to kind of explain what can and can't be done. Um, obviously, the plastic 3D printers are, are huge right now. Um, that technology is, is about 15 years uh, older than the metal processes, so it's developed quite a ways uh, to the point where you can buy a really nice plastic 3D printer for your house and, and make, you know, any part that you think of. Uh, you can probably, you know, download it and for a few thousand dollars have a machine that in your house can, can make those parts. Um, so that's, that's really evolved. Um, originally, the metal 3D printing technologies were, were really used just for prototyping. And this is, you know, three to five years ago. Most of our work was companies coming to us, we need a metal part. We don't really care about performance, um, but get us a metal part and we would build a part. Um, that's really started to shift. Um, you know, some 3D, metal 3D printing technology is, is already in in production uh, for airplanes. Uh, GE uh, Aerospace announced that they're building uh, many parts for the for their jet engines now currently in production using metal 3D printers. It's a, a different technology than ours, but I think that shows that the, that the technology are here. They're ready for production. Um, and really it's a, it's a matter of uh, the cost coming down over time till that spreads to other industries. Um, the idea that you can just push a button um, and a part's going to magically come out. I think that's, you know, maybe 20 years away. There's a lot of engineering that goes into to printing these parts. Um, there's a lot of metallurgy, a, a lot of design, um, and a lot of uh, quality controls that needs to go in to really make good metal parts. Um, but okay. but it, it's possible to do now, and uh, over time, that's just going to get easier and cheaper. Great, okay. Um, any unexpected applications that you're looking at uh, that are surprising to you that you think will be coming out soon that you, know, you can talk about even a little bit? Um, sure. Um, well, one unique thing that came up to us that, you know, we're engineers, we're, we're focused on how can we make a part better, faster, cheaper. Um, and we've had a, a surprising amount of interest from the jewelry market. I, I guess from a business perspective, we should have expected that. Um, but we get a lot of uh, interest from people wanting to combine dissimilar metals to make something pretty. Um, as engineers, we weren't prepared for that, but uh, it's definitely a good application. Um, another one that has uh, kind of been interesting is uh, is radiation shielding. Um, you know, that's not something you know we we set out to look into, um, but there's a lot of uh, electronics packages in the world being made. So electronic devices that uh, a small amount of radiation can can cause a great deal of interference inside of a an electric control box, for instance. Um, with our process, we can layer multiple layers of different metals. Um, and kind of the secret sauce is there. You're using different metals that absorb different wavelengths of energy. Um, and we're printing a lot of material as a, as a radiation shield uh, for electronics packages. And that's kind of a unique application. It's involving some of those weird alloys like tantalum and europium that, you know, most people haven't heard of. Um, but it, uh, we can make some really cool parts that have a great functionality. And again, that's something that we weren't uh, setting out to go do. 
Very interesting. Okay. Do you believe that um, you'll be able to, perhaps you are, but um, along with your metal printing, are you able to print certain plastics um, in situ with it, you know, integrated with the metal uh, between layers? Are you able to have a machine that can use um, other materials and create a truly complex object in terms of uh, different materials side by side? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I'd say that that right now is in the research phase, but we're definitely doing it. Um, so if you think about these plastic 3D printers that already exist, you know, basically they're a motion system with this print head. And the print head is basically a hot glue gun. You're taking plastic and extruding it through a, through a, a fancy hot glue gun, um, and you get this bead of plastic. So we've already mounted some of these weld heads for plastics to our machines and did exactly what you said. Print metal for a while, make a little void, print plastic for a while. Um, but really, the, the next exciting revolution there is there's a lot of printer technologies coming out for printing electronic circuits. You can print an insulator, insulative um, layer down with certain print heads and then print uh, circuits down with another type of print head. Um, and we've been doing some work where we print some metal, print some plastic, then print the electronic circuits and then print metal over that to encapsulate it. And I, I think that's going to do some really wow. exciting stuff. Again, we're, we're in the research phase there, but the, the capabilities exist. It's a matter of doing the engineering to get to the end result. What about on the, um, the micro scale? Um, is any of your technology able to go to the micron level or a submicron? Yeah, our technology um, is, is a little bigger than that. To, to give you an example, our machine can print parts six foot by six foot by five foot. Um, so wow. we we typically are making some pretty large parts. Uh, again, we do a lot of work in the aerospace field. Um, we can do small features down to, um, say, 0 0.02 inches, um, but we don't go much smaller than that. There there are some exciting technologies out there, um, especially at a couple of the national labs that are, are doing some great micro work, um, but that's not an area we focus on. Well, what about large scale? I mean, I've seen um, in China, and I think through Oak Ridge National Laboratory, they want to work on the printing houses or buildings. Sure. Um, do you think your technology might have a home there? Yeah, we, we definitely can get to that scale. I'm not sure anyone wants to print a metal house, but let's say you want to print a 747. Um, if you look at some of the composite planes that are built today, they have what they call fiber placement robots, where they take the carbon fiber and they have a robot that wraps that shape in a very complex manner to build up, say, a, a, an airplane wing. Um, NASA Langley um, actually has one of our weld heads um, that they're putting on different motion systems, and, and one of the motion systems they're looking at is one of these large fiber placement robots. So this has an envelope of about 25 feet by 25 feet. Um, so we're definitely heading towards that direction of making very, very large format parts. Um, and I think there's a lot of technologies that have that ability. Um, the motion systems already exist. It's a matter of pairing the motion system with the right technology for the part you're building. Um, but, but making very large scale parts, you know, airplane wings is, is definitely possible and, and uh, is, is going to happen in the future. Okay. And uh, because you're on the podcast, and I want to see if we can help you improve your business, get you some business, what, what would be some good partners from you if they happen to be listening that you'd like to work with that maybe you haven't been able to reach out to yet? 
Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of our work has been in the aerospace field. Um, we think we have, you know, in the short short time frame, uh, we certainly could do a lot of beneficial things in the, say, the oil and gas field, um, as well as, you know, some high-tech electronics. Uh, there's quite a bit of benefit uh, with our embedding capabilities. Um, we're also interested in working with optics companies. We're doing a lot of work right now with fiber optics embedded in solid metal um, and looking for partners in the optics field. Um, I guess okay. kind of the last last place we're always always looking to get in with the uh, with the automotive world. Um, it's probably going to be a few more years before we get the price into their realm, but uh, you know there's a there's a lot of cars being built in Detroit. Sure, definitely. Okay. Um, is there anything else that I should have asked you that you want to cover that I left out? No, that that uh, seems like a pretty good set of questions. We appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you being on the podcast, and it's fun to see all the different companies that are inhabiting different um, niches or aspects of the 3D printing world, and uh, you guys definitely have a unique position that's very useful. So, Yeah. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies, that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.